Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his genes from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. Big East Barman fans, week six of the offseason is here, and we thought we would highlight one of the teams that maybe doesn't always get as much love as they should, the Butler Bulldogs. Welcome to Butler Bonanza. And batting leadoff today, before the real guests come in, we have Michael DeRosa, Butler Twitter legend. Michael, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I can, like, you know, hit leadoff, maybe hit a single at best or, like, at a walk so the other guys can get on and send me home. So I'm um, happy to be here. And we hit a home run with having you on today. So uh, thank you. We're uh, we're excited to talk some Butler hoops. You guys were the talk of the offseason. That was must have been a kind of a, a weird reversal because, you know, last year, I don't mean this in a rude way, but I think, you know, one of the worst things you can be is, you know, you were – what's the word I'm looking for, right, when nobody talks about you? Relevant. Uh, Irrelevant. And that was kind of like Georgetown and DePaul sucked. And the other like seven were interesting. And then it was like, what's Butler doing? So that must have been fun this offseason. Yeah, the offseason is like basically my season. Because like if you know anything about me, it's like every team I support and anything kind of sucks. So like the offseason is like where I like grow. And so with Butler being like losing everybody and gaining a whole new team, it's like that's a lot of offseason content for me. And I've been preparing for this my whole life. So it was exciting and I was ready for it. We love to hear that. Let's run through a couple of the guys who are not returning for the Butler Bulldogs next year. You got Shemus Lukosius is not coming back. Jaden Taylor is not coming back. Manny Bates is not coming back. He decided to stick in the NBA draft. Um, there's a number of other guys. Who is most surprising to you? Is there Who do you think is the biggest loss? The most surprising to me was definitely CMOS. Uh, just talking to some people around campus, it was like, all right, uh, we knew some of the other guys were going to leave. But CMOS, it was like, their plan was to build around him and they, they had um, like a good plan. They were like, yeah, we're going to build around him. He's like, yeah, I'll wait to see what they do in the portal and I'll probably stick around. And then it came around that he didn't uh, tampering can be a speculation. I'm not speaking on it. No comment there. Um, so CMOS was definitely the most surprising. I think in terms of biggest loss, I think in a conference when you're in this big East conference, we know all, all the bigs of the big East, you go back in the history, even today, there's some damn good bigs in this conference. You lose Manny Bates. You, yeah. That, that matters. That really matters. You're going to feel that loss, especially like if you're against a Donovan Klingon, he's a great game. You're like, damn, we had many baits here. Maybe he doesn't play as good as he did. And Manny was so great in the non-con, especially, you know, he did. I thought he lost a little bit of steam when conference play started. He's staying in the NBA draft. I mean, I'll say good luck, luck to him. That's about, that's about all we got now. He could get a good overseas deal, hopefully. I think that, or maybe like a G League deal. I don't think he's an immediate NBA player, but I feel like he proved everything he had to prove. Like we knew who Manny Bates was as a player. And there isn't like a ton of improvement you're expecting from senior to grad senior year. Most guys don't just like all of a sudden become stars then. There are examples you could definitely point to. Don't roast me on Twitter. Uh, But like for the most part, you're not seeing guys just show out and become stars. And I don't think we would have expected Manny to like, take an astronomical leap I feel like his draft stock was the same and with all his injuries he's dealt with over the course of his career play it safe get your money up I'm rooting for you baby let's go and uh talking about the guys who are still there you got Jalen Thomas he's kind of slotting into that five role 
and he had some really promising moments, you know, battled injury throughout the season last year. What's kind of the um, thoughts surrounding him? What are kind of the expectations? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Thomas is going to be the starting five. Uh, when he played on that Georgia State team before he came to Butler, I loved that team. They were a team that pressed all game. It was four, they had four guards around Jalen Thomas. They pressed all game, every game. They were in everybody's grill. That team was tough. And I'm really expecting that sort of energy from Jalen Thomas this year. He was their rim protector. He was their anchor. And he allowed them to be that pressing team that had all those good guards. Like uh, Justin Roberts, who played at DePaul, was one of their guards. Um, it just when I, I want Jalen Thomas to be that guy, his toughness was the one thing that stood out to me. He was really the only guy at times who looked like he really cared last season. And I think he'll be that again. I, he will care. He cares. He's tough. He's not afraid of anyone. I don't care if you're four inches bigger. I don't care if you're going to be a first round pick like Donovan Klingon will be. Jalen Thomas is not afraid of you. And that's the energy this team needed last year. It wasn't enough, but I feel like this year, new group of guys, they're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. They're going to be ready to play in those games. And I think Jalen Thomas will be the anchor of this defense and hopefully give us some good minutes. Now you touch on, you're touching on Paul Alexander. Um, Big East fans obviously are very familiar with him. He's played a few years with us already. What are the Butler Bulldogs getting in him? What are you kind of envisioning as a role for him as a Butler fan? You need physical defense. You need a legit point guard. The point guard position was definitely the position where this team struggled most last year. Uh, you need someone who can get the ball going downhill. You need someone who is a point guard and is tough enough to play in this conference. Uh, yeah, I think that's the main thing you're looking for in Posh. You need him to just be that dog, be the guy that Posh has always been, and get other guys going in the right spots for them too offensively. He doesn't need to be the scorer as long as other guys can pick up the scoring slack, which we're hoping can happen. Uh, fingers crossed there. You just you need Posh to be Posh. And if you bring in Posh Alexander, you should know what you're getting, a physical defender who will give it his all for all, as long as he has and get everybody going offensively. Just drive the lane, kick it, get everybody going. And we talked on the Butler spaces a little bit about this, Michael. I thought the Posh Alexander was so twofold. You bring in this great defender, great player and everything he does, but I think the second you bring him in, you have an identity, right? You're already talking, pressing, defensive-minded. You're going to be tough, that you know that New York City kid coming out and playing like that. Do you, th do you foresee where Posh Alexander just takes over that leadership role on a team that really doesn't have a lot of veterans? Or do you think it's going to be kind of by committee more, you know, with that captain type, maybe not by, you know, title, but... I feel like, I mean, Jalen Thomas is a natural leader as well, but I feel like you don't bring in Posh Alexander, bring in the guy that Posh is with, I mean, a lot of the other guys they brought in, like Telford, I think has two years eligibility left with the COVID year. Brooks wasn't like a big time player on that Michigan State team. Granted, Michigan State has a lot of talented players, believe it or not. They're like a top 10 team next year. Uh, so yeah, I feel like when you're bringing guys in like that, you need Posh will be the leader. And I think Jalen Thomas will also have like a leadership type role. And then other than that, the other guys, maybe Telford will like establish himself. I haven't watched a ton of his games at Northeastern and I didn't, so I can't speak to like how that Northeastern team was led. They weren't very good last year too. So could be something else there. But uh, I feel like when you're bringing in Posh and Jalen Thomas, those are your two leaders and everybody else will have a role and they'll stick to it. And I feel like Telford leads team in scoring, not to discredit him. He's a great player. But, uh, yeah, I feel like those are the main – that's the main two leaders. Okay, so you might have touched on it right there. Butler brings in a total of six transfers. One is Posh. There's five others. Who do you if, – if you're not familiar with these transfers, what guys should Butler fans be watching? Who do you expect a big season from? I think Telford's the leading scorer on this team. He is a slashing wing. Uh, he didn't shoot it particularly well from three last year. I think he was like 32-ish percent. 
but big slashing wing physical guy. He was the one guy they brought in that had legit like high major offers, like legit committable offers from multiple high major schools all around. Uh, Pierre Brooks is a guy who good scorer everywhere. When his jump shots falling, he's great. When it isn't, he wasn't particularly playable for Tom Izzo. Could have just been a fit thing as well. Uh, the kid has sky high potential. He was a top 60-ish recruit in his class. Uh, DJ Davis is a sniper. Kid played on a very good UC Irvine team bringing in a guy like DJ Davis from that program. He's going to just, he'll be a culture fit. He's that exact kind of guy you wanted. He's come from a winning team, very well coached team. Russ Turner is an excellent coach out there. He is a great shooter and he really improved in the last year. And I think there's a lot of skills he can translate over to Butler. I think those are the big three in terms of transfers. So what do you, uh, you guys got shooters by the way, too, in the portal. I mean, I'm excited, you know, I, and I'm going to pander a little bit to our two guests that are coming up. Finley and Landon Moore are, you know, going to come in and hopefully help you space the floor. Butler didn't have a whole lot of that last year. How excited are you to watch, you know, some of those shooters come in? Finley, I mean, I'm, I could not be higher on a freshman. I don't want to set my expectations too high because he's a freshman, first year of college. It's, it's a very difficult transition for anyone, especially a basketball player who is expected to play a legit role. But man, I, I think that kid is so much better than most people do. I do. I think uh, most people see the shooting and my goodness, that kid, he will be one of the best few shooters in this conference. But I think he's more than just a shooter. He's a good ball handler, not great, good passer. Um, he is more, he's better defensively than you think he'd be. If you just look at a kid, you see, yeah, he's six foot three, four, five, whatever he wants to be with that little perm in the back with the earrings. You're like, that kid doesn't play any defense kid. He, he, he's a better defender than he looks like. I can tell you that much. I am very high on him as a player. And Landon Moore is someone who will be good immediately, but I think he's really a guy you're getting down the line. He's one year at St. Francis, good, promising year, but like nothing amazing. But he's someone who could just get better and better over the course of time. And I feel like him and the DJ Davis is one of the better shooters in the conference. Those are the three guys who I would expect to hit outside shots. I'm a little worried with the rest of the roster in terms of shooting. I won't lie. I know Connor Turnbull can shoot, but will people – like start respecting his jump shot now that they know he can shoot. Um, I'm a little worried about the rest of the roster because you look at it, it's like Posh is a slasher, Telford's a slasher, Brooks is better in the lane than he is outside, and Jalen Thomas isn't a great jump shooter. So I'm a little worried from that perspective, and I think that could be a problem. But when I got those two shooters, I'm more than happy, and I will every anytime they take a shot, I'm going to be confident it's going in. Love that. Um, so we're on to year two. Coach Thad Matta, year one, not a resounding success. You see kind of uh, everybody gets out of the program that was in the had stayed around to see what he was going to be like. What are the expectations for Butler fans? What is kind of the mood amongst Butler fans right now? There's definitely – I think most Butler fans are like, look, we'll just blindly trust Thad. He's one of the best – if you're talking like that generation of coaches, like you're talking like you mentioned like the St. Mike's, you mentioned Roy Williams, you mentioned like the – that guy at that orange school and then like tier two is like Thad Mata he's right there like he is one of the better coaches of that generation he went to a title game and he had to play that Florida team that brought back everybody from a team that already won the national title Greg Oden Mike Conley you can just go down the list of guys and they were always relevant in the Big Ten so you look at him you're like yeah that's a guy we trust me personally I think you give him the pass for year one but at the same time I'm gonna need a little more energy from the team I'm gonna need a little more before I fully buy in I'm not there yet. I'm not blindly trusting him. Uh, last year was, I mean, they were just 
gutless at times. Like there was no energy. And when people would walk up to coach Mata and be like, yeah, Hey, good luck for the game. Uh, like just at, like the local gym or whatever on, on campus, he'd be like, yeah, we need it. It's like, guy, right, I don't want that out of my basketball coach. I want someone who believes in their guys. I want someone who is like confident enough and will show me some energy on the sideline. I don't, I think there was one game where I actively saw him get angry on the sideline. It's like, we've needed that all season. That's it. And it's like, I need more than that. Mike, I need you on the record before we let you go. Prediction for this Butler team in the Big East. I haven't fully gone. Like I know enough about all like the Big East guys and all the transfers and all that. I've watched a lot of this sport, but um, I haven't fully like gone into like taping all the teams and like full takes. But as of right now, I got Butler ninth. Um, I have them above DePaul and Seton Hall. I think them and Georgetown are on that same tier of like, you're kind of tweeners. Like, all right, you could be like legit. The Roth, there are some guys who could show out or you could just fall down into that tier. And I, we know with Seton Hall, they're going to play defense. I, I trust defense that that translates offense can be on and off. And just with this Butler team, I don't know a ton about them. So I'm going to have them set my expectations low. So I can't be disappointed. That's my life philosophy. And I think it, hopefully it pays off here. And whatever girl is lucky enough to marry you will also have that philosophy, clearly. Look, it, that, someone would be making a mistake, but that ain't my, my mistake to make. That's yours. That ain't my problem. Michael, we are lucky enough to have you. You are my favorite enemy of all time. And uh, thanks for coming on. And we're lucky to kick off Butler Bonanza with Michael DeRosa. I'll choose to take that as a compliment. And thank you guys very much for having me on. A uh, ton of fun. I love talking hoops. Anytime. Anytime. It's, it's always a blessing. All right, Big East Barroom fans, we are joined by Butler's newest player, Finley Bizjack, freshman coming into campus. Finley, how are you today, sir? Doing great. Just finished some workouts. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, it's awesome to have you here. We understand you are now on Butler campus. How's Indianapolis treating you? Indiana's been great. I love the fans and my teammates and my coaches. It's definitely helped me feel like I'm at home, and I'm very excited to be here. Finley, walk me through, like, is the whole team there? As someone who never played Division One basketball, like, are you with, like, doing workouts, or is there, like, a few players there? Like, how's this working right now? Everyone is here except for DJ Davis, but there are workouts, and we're also working kids' camps. So our days right now are very packed. But since we're – me and Bowden missed uh, the summer session one, we won't have classes until the second summer session – but uh, we're working out every single day, and it is very hard. I didn't know you were taking classes over the summer. What are you? Have you declared a major? Do you know what you're studying? Uh, I think I'm studying in business, but that's only because I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life at 18 years old. You got a long time to figure it out, and you just said you graduated high school about two weeks ago, and now you're taking college classes in a few weeks. That's going to be quite the jump for you, huh? No summer. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm sure most people think of summer school and think it sucks, but – it's necessary for college. Yeah. And so I was, you know, we know you got out of uh, Texas for the summer. I was looking into, you know, your background, your high school background, playing in Texas and everything. So my first question. So I, I noticed that you're from the Dallas area. Is that correct? Yes. Trophy Club, Texas, right? Yes. Trophy Club, Texas. And it looked to me like that's awfully close to the Baylor Bears. Are you a Baylor fan? Did you grow up a Baylor fan? No. Waco's about like – an hour, to, or probably about two hours away from, or probably an hour and a half from where I live. So I'm not a big Baylor fan. TCU and SMU are a lot closer than Baylor is. Okay. And who, which one did you go for growing up? TCU, or SMU probably. SMU? Okay. Yeah. But now just Butler Bulldogs through and through, right? 
Oh, yeah. Butler football, butler basketball, butler golf, volleyball, soccer, <laughs> all of it. You love when someone buys into a program right away. Um, you know, again, this is partially because I was never recruited to play Division One. anything, to be clear. But what was your recruiting like? I mean, we saw you had a ton of offers from, you know, colleges in the area. It looked like SMU might have had an offer, too, from 247 we were on. Um, yeah. What was your recruitment like? How did you end up choosing Butler? Was it Thad who was recruiting you? Was it someone else? Uh, so my recruitment as a freshman and sophomore picked up pretty quickly. And then uh, junior year definitely, like, slowed down, which hurts and sucks because you think, what are you doing wrong? But then uh, senior year picked back up – or junior year summer picked back up again. And uh, Coach Joseph, who's on the staff at Butler, was at Richmond at the time. And he was, he had offered me at Richmond. And uh, I really loved Richmond and the coaching staff there. But when Mojo left to go to Butler, he let me know that he was still going to be recruiting me here. And uh, I got to talk to Coach Mata and stuff. And then when he came and watched me play and I got in like the room and got to talk to him about basketball and everyone on the staff at Butler, it sort of clicked and made me feel like I was at home. Oh, we love that. So I looked into kind of the history of recruiting. So last year at this time, you ranked around 150th three-star recruit. Now, look at you now. You're a four-star recruit. You're a top 100 uh, on the websites. What changed for you senior year, and how were you able to make that kind of jump? Uh, I think I didn't really, like, focus on, like, an individual strength. I wanted to be, like, decent in everything because that's what, like, you would think someone would want from you. But I dialed in, locked down on shooting the basketball and making sure that – I was a threat there. And once I started being able to shoot the ball extremely well, it opened up different parts of my game. And so whenever I'm shooting the ball well, it gives me better chances to drive or make a play. And whenever I'm making shots, I play better defense. Funny how that works. And so everything just sort of opened up whenever I figured out my shooting. And that sort of took off for me and helped me be a better shot maker. So you're doing a lot of practicing right now. What is the role that, you know, Thad is thinking that you're going to be fitting in, filling in this year for Butler? Uh, I don't know what my exact role would be right now, but do anything to help the team win is the main role, I think, for everyone. But I think if it was to, like, specific one, like, thing, it'd probably be scoring. Okay. And you listed as a combo guard. Do you um, see yourself more as a lead guard? Do you see yourself more as an off-ball guard? What is most natural for you? Uh, Really, like, any of the guard positions. Like, I know, like, I don't want to, like, sound like this or that, but – uh. Posh is in, and I can spread out and be on the wing and be ready to catch and shoot or come off and come into that. Or if Posh isn't in and we need someone to run the guard spot, I'm more than comfortable with the ball in my hands and running an offense and making plays for others. You're on campus. You said that the teams are with you. What have you taken away from a player like Posh Alexander already who has a ton of experience in the Big East and is kind of a grinder? I mean, is he already – are you guys going at it in practice or is he taking you under his wing? What's that relationship starting to look like oh, yeah. I just started yeah Posh has let me know every single day I practice that I'm nowhere near where I need to be and so I'm very thankful that he's not taking it easy on me and giving me the work because it helps me like sort of get better and help me get to where I need to be like I said but uh it's nice having Posh who's done it before multiple times and being able to learn from him um are you guys practicing in Hinkle right now uh yeah I think we only get like a certain, we only get a certain a limited amount of time every week, but we do get that practice time in Hinkle. It's legendary arena. What do you think about it? What did you think the first time you stepped foot in there? I thought it was awesome. I uh, I was in there, I think, till midnight shooting on my official visit. And so I love getting shots up at whatever gym I'm at. And so now that I'm actually here on campus, 
I've had a couple of 6 a.m.s where I've gotten up and just gotten shots up and, like, the bright lights are on. And it's really awesome. Did you get to attend a game there, like, this past season? Yeah, I attended the season hall game, and I attended an exhibition game. Okay. And it, it was it loud for those games? Oh, yeah. I think they are both sold out. Yeah, I think it's going to be loud for you guys this year. Oh, definitely. Now, Finley, on a team full of transfers and new guys and freshmen like this, how do you foresee the, you know, ability to come together? Are you guys already clicking or is there a little bit of a feeling out process? I mean, there is basically a whole new team that's, you know, in there. Not a lot of uh, people are familiar with one another. Yeah, we've got a, we've got some, like, it is a brand new team, but like, we're still trying to like set in some new stuff while also keeping some old stuff. So like we have John Michael Malloy, who's a great leader. And then we also have Jalen Thomas, who's only been there for a year, but it's been like around the program and coaches and like how things go. Yeah. And so we have, players that have like seen like the Butler culture and like what we like want to be at. Like, because I think a lot of it is not even just like basketball on the court. Like we want to like be together as a team. Like we want to go hang out together. We want to play ping pong. We want to like have fellowship and like be in the locker room together. Cause that'll ultimately build us up at like the long, in like the long run. And so uh, we've got great leaders and we've all been very personal and together and like stayed like those extra hours and stayed extra time to like do things and stuff. But I think it's definitely building up a trust with between each other, but that's not to say in practice we don't go at each other every single day. Finley, you've uh, you got to know Coach Maddow a little bit at this point. Can you kind of give us an insight? How would you describe his coaching style? He's something of a legend in college basketball. Oh, yeah. He's, he observes and he helps where, when he needs to. Like, whenever he, whenever, whenever he talks, everyone listens. <laughs> so whenever he has something to say, it's, it's taken personally, and we make sure that we lock down on it. But he also has a great staff to go along with it. Coach Joseph, Coach Barlow, Coach Dieber, Gio, like everyone is extremely helpful. And, but Coach Mata is definitely like, whenever he says something, it's set in stone. Like we do it, we make sure that we're on it. And you talk about that staff. You have maybe the biggest staff member of any Big East team in Greg Oden. Have you got to interact with him at all? Is he there? Um, you know, he's somewhat of a legend in college basketball too. Oh, all the time. Gio is always on campus, always around us players and talking to us. He's a really awesome person to have around. Like we went to, we went to eat with him the other day at Twin Peaks and watched the finals together. Like he's just an awesome person. And I don't think people really know that about him. Well, Does he give you any war stories about uh, his time at Ohio State or, you know, any advice? You know, he gets drafted, you know, infamously kind of now just because of injuries ahead of Durant. Like he must have some stories, you know, for days. He has some stories, but I don't know if they're stories I really want to repeat right now about Ohio State. So uh, I'm just going to leave those to the side. Hey, those are off-camera stories. <laughs> yep. Well, Finley, thank you so much for coming on. Before you go, do we have a bold prediction for the Butler Bulldogs 2023-24 season? No, I don't want to jinx anything or like say anything to make anything sound crazy. I'm just going to say expect a lot from us this year because we're coming for it. Love it. Butler fans, you'll have to wait and see. But you got a good one here. Thank you so much, Finley. Of course. Thank you all so much. All right, Big East Barroom fans. For the next part of Butler Bonanza, we have one of their newest transfers in from St. Francis, uh, the Pennsylvania version. I didn't realize there was a Brooklyn version, but we have Landon Moore. Landon, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Landon. How are uh, You're in Indianapolis, you were telling us. How do you like it? Do you know the city? Did you know the city before this? Um, prior to getting here, I knew a little. I knew the city a little bit. Uh, I have an uncle who lives in Fishers, which is about twenty minutes outside of Indy. So I've been coming over here 
uh, my whole life visiting him. So I know the city a little bit, been to like some Pacers games, been to some Colts games. So I know the city a little bit. Now I, I got a little more exploring to do and I got all summer to do it. So yeah, Andy's, you know, been been great to me so far. Uh, and I, I love that I'm here. Absolutely. And you're a, you're a Midwest guy kind of right. Illinois, you grew up in Illinois and then you went to Western reserve Academy in Ohio. Yes, sir. Yep. And you were, I mean, I don't want to take just high school stats, but 25 points a game is hard to ignore wherever you were. What would you describe your high school game as? Just shooting everything, just pulling whatever? So that year when I was 25, I was I played more like the two. We had another guy, uh, another point guard team named Braden Reynolds. He was actually played for uh, FDU this year when they beat Purdue, so it was cool to watch him. And so, yeah, he was on my team, and he's more of like a true point than I am. So they put me at the, at the, the two guard that year. And I just got all my points basically off like our coach ran like a lot of off ball screens for me, a lot of flares, a lot of elevator screens for me. And I was just, you know, I was I was shooting like 10 threes a game. So that might have been the most fun season of my career. You know, just, I was just shooting, just shooting threes. That's all I had to worry about. So, yeah, that was I played off the ball that year. And then last year in my first year in college, I was more of a, a true point. Now, it's interesting you say that because you also averaged five assists a game the year prior, your junior season, you averaged six and a half assists per game. So to call yourself just a shooter would definitely be selling yourself short, wouldn't you think? Yeah, that's um passing is actually my favorite part of my uh, of basketball more than shooting. Um, it kind of started when I was when I was little growing up. I'd play. My parents put me on teams like year or two older than my age group. So for me to get on the court and be productive, I'd you know pass and and get others involved. So every game, um, I try to look to get my teammates involved first, get their confidence up and. Um, and that just it makes the game easy for them the rest of the way. You also and, set a school record for three point shots while you were there. Um, I wanted to like, were you always a shooter growing up? Did you know you had that ability? When did that develop from? Um, I was always a decent shooter, but I'm gonna be honest, like growing up, I didn't really shoot threes because when I was in like elementary school and kind of going into middle school, like it was still around that time when like right as Steph was coming into like ascending in the NBA and once I saw him and he like he really changed the game because he was the first guy I watched I was like he's just he he's a, a smaller guard and he'll shoot threes and transition you know anytime so I would say as I as I got older I started working my shot more and I saw the importance of um needing to be able to shoot like when I was going through high school I saw like you know college coaches are recruiting guys I can shoot and me being un, not necessarily undersized I'm like 6'2 I'm not but I'm not an athletic freak I'm not going to go out there and dunk on somebody so I had to you know the one thing I can't control is I can work on my jump shot every day get up a lot of shots so throughout high school I work on my shot a lot um, and it, it got better each and every year just staying consistent that's the most important thing and then I just got stronger throughout the years as well which helped me uh, expand my range. Now, Landon, you go to St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Um, Rob Krimmel is the head coach. Am I saying that correctly? Sure, yep. And he also graduated from St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Um, how would you describe playing, you know, your first year of college ball? We'll get into some more of the specifics, but you played in a really interesting conference, too. For people who don't know, Merrimack and FDU, you know, were facing off in the end of the year. Merrimack, who used to play Division Two, wasn't even eligible um, for the tournament. And then FDU ends up you know, going to the tournament and as one of the greatest upsets of all time. How would you describe playing in the NEC? Um, it's different. The The play style is something I never really experienced. Like it's just, the, especially at the guard position. Um, as you guys saw with FDU, like the, the, the two starring guards are 5'8 and 5'9 and they press the whole game and they'll, they'll get after you and, and it's not easy. And it's really like that for most of the teams in the conference. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, 
lot of quick guards, so I had to adjust for that um, playing this year. Um, and it was I had a good experience. Unfortunately for me, I got I broke my finger like the fourth conference game. So and then I came back for two of the our two postseason games. So I didn't I didn't really get to play in it as much as I as I would have liked, but I still was at all the games and I was experiencing it. And then um yeah, it was a good experience. Now Landon, one of the things that jumped off to me from your stats when I was looking into it before this interview is that you come in as a true freshman and start right away. Can you talk about what that was like, how you ended up in that situation where you just grinded in practice before the season? Um, you know, how did you end up there? So that was my goal going into the year. Um, I, I was like, all right, my one goal this year, and that I, I want to start. Now, what, what happened after that, I had no idea how I was going to play, but that was just my goal. I wanted to start. So, I mean, it would be it would go day by day, like what I thought would happen. Like there'd be one day I'd have a really good practice. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to start. And then there'd be a, the next day I'd have like a bad practice. I'd be like, I might – play five minutes a game so but it was just you know staying consistent you know staying confident in myself um and just and working at it the coaches told me coming in I was going to play and have an impact but I didn't know what that would look like so I just want to go in there I knew I had an opportunity would be there to play but I didn't want to you know just take them back all right I'm fine I'm, I'm going to get minutes no matter what so like I said my goal going in was to start and uh got that done and it's a huge accomplishment and you started and then you made an immediate impact. You're seven times NEC Rookie of the Week. You end up making NEC All-Rookie Team honors at the end of the season. Um, you talk about how you were prepped for success there, how you were able to hit the ground run. Um, honestly, me going to Western Reserve Academy really prepared me for that. The the coaching staff out there is great. You know, Coach Hutch, he he's one that recruited me there. He, he's coaching college for some years. Um, Coach Garvey, he came from Providence, and then Coach Joe, um, he played over. He played college and played overseas. So you know, going going there and it's a boarding school. So I got for a year and a half. I was there. I got to like live the college life in terms of like I'm living away from my family. I'm waking up. I work us in the morning. Then I go to class, practice right after um, work, and then you know more workouts. Get in the gym as much as possible. Um, so just going to reserve, uh, being around that coaching staff and the players there. It really prepared me for college. So when I when I got to St. Francis last year, it was like you know I'm living in a different location, but it wasn't a new experience. I mean, I'm still living away from my family, and I'm still like you know living the college lifestyle. So I would say going to reserve is really what prepared me and prepped me for for college basketball. And St. Francis loaded up their out of conference schedule. I know you were hurt for a lot of the conference, but you know you interestingly enough, you played Butler last season at Butler and Hinkle Hell House. How was that experience? Did it was it something in the back of your mind when you started this transfer process that you were like, you know, maybe this is a home for me? Yeah. So going like you said, we had a really good non-conference schedule, but out of all the games, Butler was definitely the game I had like I had circled because that was the closest game I had to home. And I was fortunate enough that game I have like 25 to 30 family and friends there. So um like my grandma got to see me play. She hasn't seen me play in like 10 years. So that was a really cool experience. And not only that, like Playing at Hinkle Fieldhouse is Hinkle's one of the best college gyms in the country. So I knew going into it was going to be a fun experience. Um, the crowd was into it. Um, so I was, I was excited for that. And um, I would say me playing against Butler and I had a pretty good game that helped me in my recruitment because the coaches got to see me in person. Um, so they know my games like, you know, it's different. You can watch hours of tape on a guy, but it's better to see a guy in person. So me playing against him and having a decent game. I think helping my recruitment because that, that, when they were recruiting me, that's all they were talking about. I was like, oh, you killed us that game. You killed us. You killed us. Like our game plan was terrible for you, all that stuff. So um, I was happy that I got to play here and I'm excited that this will be my home for the next three years.
And one, I mean, if we're going to talk about your performances and out of conference, we would be remiss not to talk about you gave Jim Laranega in the Miami Hurricanes 25 points as a true freshman on a team that went to the final four. I'm a little confused why you're not getting a lot more hype than you deserve. I'm not just blowing smoke. You deserve it because you gave every high major team that you played in that non-con, you gave them points. I mean, 16 points against Butler, 25 against Miami. You get up for the games like that or like, or is it just business as usual? I mean, it's hard. I could say it's business as usual, but it's hard. I I, I kind of be lying to you because it, it's it's a big jump, you know, playing a team like Miami and they have they're they're a guard heavy team. Um, and like when I I saw our non conference schedule back in like July last summer, and that was another game. I was like, man, like that's gonna be a tough game because they got Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack. They got really good guards. So I remember going into that game, I was actually in a slump. Like I had been playing playing bad for like four or five games, and I was like, you know, let, let's turn around tomorrow. I was that's what I was thinking about the night before. And I just came out aggressive. I I think I took like five or six shots in the first four minutes of the game. Made a couple of them, but I was like, man, I got to slow down. I, I got to get my, my teammates some shots. But that was, that was a good game for me. I think I had like 16 points at the half. And we were tied at halftime, um, which was a, a common theme for us last year. We'd be tied or close at halftime, and then second half would be pretty bad. But um, that was a cool experience to play down there and play against a team that ended up making the final four, which – I was cheering for them in the in the in the tournament because I'm like each game they won I'm like all right that's the team I I scored 25 against so I was cheering for them in the tournament. Yeah, that doesn't hurt your uh, recruiting in the transfer portal. No, not uh, at all. You already alluded to it, but could you go into a little more depth about the injury you suffered? What was was that an in-game injury, and how were you able to recover from it? Yeah, so it was our fourth conference game at home against LIU, and I was having a really good game at that point. I think I had 20, 22 points with like 10 minutes left in the game. Um, I was playing pretty well, pretty well, and then um, we ran a play. I was coming off a handoff, and as I like went to grab the ball, the defender that was guarding me like swiped down, and hit my hand, and it just like dislocated on the spot. my left ring finger, so it was just a you know freak injury. Guy hits my hand, and it dislocated. I can't do anything about it. Um, and I was out for the doctor told me like six, eight weeks, and six weeks would have been like if I came back at six weeks, that was the NEC tournament. So that was my goal all along throughout the recovery and the rehab. I was like, All right, I gotta get back for the for postseason because we had a chance to um to make the the tournament because like you guys mentioned earlier um how FDU lost to Merrimack but Merrimack was ineligible we played uh FDU in the semifinal so if we beat FDU in that game we would have been we would have been in the tournament you know who knows what would happen against us in, in Purdue um so I knew I I wanted to get back um for that for those games but uh, unfortunately it didn't work out and we lost to FDU they're a really good team so um but yeah that was the injury all all healed up now which which is good. And I saw a quote um, from you saying, I was hoping just to pop it back in, but unfortunately that wasn't possible. Is that correct? Yeah. So it was complete, like it was, it's this finger right here. And it was completely to the side like that. Um, and it, the weird thing was it didn't hurt at all. So I I've seen, I've never dislocated a finger. I've seen, there's a famous video of Kobe. He dislocated his finger in a game. He went over to the train and just popped back back into place and, when to play. That's what I thought was going to happen. It's actually funny. One of my teammates, uh, Whistler, he was on the court with me and he saw my finger and he was like, let me pop back into place for you. And when he said that, I'm like, nah, let me go see the trainer. Let me get off the court. So I, I that's what I thought. I thought I was just going to pop back into place and I'd be fine in a day or two. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. I had to get surgery a couple of days after. Um, but, you know, we're all good now. Man, you sound like a tough dude. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try. So from my parents. 
and you alluded to, you know, that you come back for the NEC tournament. Is there something to be said about the psyche of you made it back? You knew you could get back. Like when you go into a first game next year, you're not like coming off of an injury anymore. You're coming off of, you know, you've scored nine points in the first game, 10 points in the second game. Do you think there's something too that you made it back for the end of the year? Was that really important? I know it was a tournament, but do you think that was important for this coming year, if that makes sense? Oh, yeah, possibly. I, th- I think it just shows like toughness. Like I could have. I could have rolled over and said, like, you know, I, I, I let the team – the team was playing good at the time. I could have just been like, no, I let them do their thing or let me just rest and I, I don't want to come back and maybe hurt the finger even more or whatever. So I think it just shows toughness. But, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be excited to get out there this year because I missed some games last year. And then, you know, I, I was hope we were hoping to get to March Madness this year. Um, but, yeah, I'll be excited to get out there in November. So after the end of the, the NAC tournament, you decided to enter the transfer portal – um, can you talk about what that decision was like? And then you obviously get some phone calls. One of them's from Thad Matter. We always love to ask, what is the pitch that he gave you that brought you to Indianapolis? So I'm be honest, like, I don't think I even told the coaching staff this, but they didn't really have to even give me a pitch to go to Butler because it was already like what I was looking for in the portal, coming out the portal, like Butler was a perfect situation for me. The two main things for me, I wanted to be closer home to my family so they could, you know, come to all my games, make it easier on them. Um, and then two, I wanted to go play at a higher level and challenge myself and I'm playing in the best conference in the country. So they, they, they gave me like the little, yeah, they, they gave me like the little spiel on, on why, why I should go to Butler. But the whole time I'm like, you know, it's, you, you really don't got to tell me too much. Um, like I'm close to home. I got family here in Indy. I'll have plenty of people at every game, which I'll be excited about. I can go home on, if I have a free weekend, that type like small stuff like that, that I didn't have the luxury doing the past couple of years I can do now. And then on top of that, I'm playing in the in the Big East and um, playing for great coach, great staff, and they got great players here. So uh, it was a perfect situation for me. What's it been like getting to know Greg Oden? You know, a superstar yeah. and you know one of those names in basketball. It's actually crazy. Like sometimes I'll be talking to him, or like the other week I was like icing my ankle in the training room, and he came in there and he was like icing his knee or some at the table next to me, and I just thought to myself, I like. Like, this is Greg Oden. Like, this, he was the first overall pick, you know, great player at Ohio State. Um, and he he's a great dude, you know, great dude. I, I, we've been out with him at, at, like, a restaurant, you know, people come up asking for pictures, that type of thing. And he'll never turn – he'll always say yes with a smile. And he, he he's a really nice guy. Now, Landon, you're at Butler. You have three years of eligibility left. I think that's one of the more exciting things. If you come in and you average 13 points a game your freshman year, I think that you're really going to – you know, Butler fans really have a lot of progression to watch. Who do you model your game after, you know, people who might not have seen you? Who who's an NBA player, a college player, whoever you model it after? Um, a couple guys off the top of my head. As I mentioned earlier, Steph, just the way he can shoot and you know, uses it uses uses his shot to create other opportunities for himself. Um, and then guys like Jalen Brunson, uh Fred Van Vliet, two Illinois guys, um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, um yeah, I'd probably say those four guys I watched the most. You know, the the last year I the last year I named aren't the actually all four of them. They're not the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, but they find the ways to be effective in their own ways, um, own unique ways. Like Jalen Brunson, you know, the the his footwork is crazy. So I've been watching film on that and like work on my footwork and the pivots he does when he gets into the paint. It's like it's it's amazing what he can do. So I've been trying to add some of that stuff and some of the stuff from all their games to to my own game. Well, there's definitely a lot of Jalen Brunson fans that listen to this podcast. So you're preaching to their ears right now. And he's just been a joy to watch, especially in these playoffs uh, this past year. He's he's doing the Big East a lot of pride. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, they uh the Knicks got lucky. They only paid him like what 120, 130 million. But if he was a free agent this summer, he'd probably get like 200 million. So that was a, a finesse by the Knicks. Okay, good for the big east. Um, Landon, you're at on campus, you know, you're going to practice. Who's getting after it in practice right now? Who's the guy that's on you guys, you know, every day to work a little bit harder? Um, other than the coaching staff. We wanna, you know, we wanna the insight on the practice. Um, I would say, I mean, it's really everybody. Um, it's high, it's been high intensity every day, um, which is big this time of year. You know, you could, it's, it's only what June 18th or whatever, June 19th, you know, you could be, you could have the attitude like, you know, it's season not till November. We can just coast. We can, we can be cool right now. But the, if you were just come and watch our practice, you had no idea what the day was. You think we were playing in the Big East and we had a, a game in two days. That the intensity and the energy has been, you know, through the roof every day, um, which is big. And if I had to pick, one or two guys and probably you know two of the returners Jalen and uh and John Michael you know they're they're taking the leadership role being fit five-year guys and you know being some of the only returners from the team last year I think it's big that they're they're stepping up and, and being leaders because they're, they're trying to show us the the Butler way and you know how how we want to run this program um something very notable about the Butler team going into next year is that it's almost all newcomers you already mentioned that How's the team gelling? Is the uh, is our team chemistry building? Are you guys going on outings together? How's that going along? The team chemistry is building. Um, we just we should spend as much time as possible off the court, but most you know to gain chemistry, it has to be on the court. And you know, like I said, the energy has been high. And you know, one thing I like about this team a lot is you know you can look at it and be like, oh, they're going to struggle. They're all newcomers. But I look at that and be like, that we're going to take that and and that's going to help us be good because we're all coming into this situation together at the same time. So we're all gelling, getting to know each other at the same time. And then on top of that, all of us, you know, we have this chip on our shoulder for our own different reasons. Like my, me personally, I can you know speak for myself. Like I'm coming into the big East. I want to prove I can play at this level. Uh, job probably feels the same way. It's coming from Northeast and like, we want to come in and prove that we can play at this level and be effective. And all of us are ready to prove that we can play at this level, but we're not, like no, no one's going to do that in a selfish way. We're going to, we're going to show that we can play this level by winning. And I, I really think we're going to surprise some people next year. All right. And the last question I have, I know, I think Ryan has one more. You're going to be playing a lot of the two you think at Butler. Is that going to be kind of your role? Um, Possibly. When, when Posh is on the court, then I'll definitely be off the ball, but I think I might play a little bit of the one. Like when Posh and you were on the court together, it, to me, it looks like that perfect yin and yang. Like Posh is going to bring that. Not that you're not a good defender, but Posh has that defensive intensity where you're that shooter, and you know you're getting your offensive up. Do you rely on Posh Alexander right now a lot to you know talk about Big East play and stuff like that, or are you trying to leave him alone? Like, how's that relationship building? Because I think that's going to be really important. No, it's big. He was a big addition to the team, just with like like you said, with him playing in the Big East. He he's done it, and not only done it, he's proved that he can be one of the best players in this conference. Um, so it's big that he, you know, I love that he's on the team brings, he, if you want to talk about energy, that's him, you know, especially on defense and he's a great, he's a great player to play with. Um, cause he, he's going to get it. He's going to get everybody involved. He's one of the best passers I've ever played with. He'll throw some passes that I'm like, man, that's, that's crazy. Like I would have never saw that coming. So, um, it's big. I'm, I'm excited that, that he's with us. And I just want to ask Landon, cause we, we didn't get to it, um, in the first 60 seconds of that Butler game, you hit a shot that got everybody's attention. I saw replays of it, that step back three. Uh, can you just tell me what was going through your mind when you hit that? And, you know, what's it like shooting in Hinkle Fieldhouse? 
So with that shot, I got the ball with probably about seven, six seconds left on the shot clock. And in that situation, it's just, our coaches tell me, like, just go make a play. If there's 10 seconds or less on the shot clock, they would just tell me, go make a play. So I got the ball on the wing and the my big fellow is going to come set a screen for me. And I think Eric Hunter was guarding me at the time. He was kind of like shading towards the screen. So rejected it, stepped back. And I was like, it felt good right off my, when it came off my hand. And as I'm running down the court, I'm like, all right, this. Let's, let's do some of this game because going into that game, I was confident that that we were going to win. I thought we matched up well. We played we played pretty good for about the first 16 minutes, and then we went on a little run in the second half. So especially when I hit that shot, and then we came back down. I think we hit two two more threes after that. So I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's do some in, in this game. But um, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't we didn't win that game. I think I'm going to call that shot the shot that got Maddie's attention. <laughs> I would think so as well. And it's funny if you watch that video. I mentioned uh, Kai Basie up earlier. He was a manager on the team last year. If you watch him, he's at the end of the bench. If you watch him, he kind of like looks down to the coaching staff because he was, he was telling them before the game about me. So, yeah, that was a. But I think that co that shot got the coach's uh, attention. Well, Landon, I'm sure you're gonna take the Big East and get all of their attention too. You know, I like I said, I think that for some reason people are sleeping on Butler, and I think next year you guys are gonna prove a lot of people wrong. I agree with you. All right. Thank you so much, Landon, for joining us, and uh, keep listening for the rest of Butler Bonanza. All right, thank you for having me on. Have a good one. All right, for the last leg of Butler Bonanza, we saved the best for last. Butler super fan and sometimes heel, <laughs> Yuli is here with us. Yuli, how are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you? We're we're very excited to see <laughs> you, um, and meet you, and you know. I think it wouldn't have been fair if we didn't give you the chance to close it out here. You're kind of Mariano Rivera. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's it's always fun listening to each episode. And here the intro is my favorite part. I love that song. And I'm just so excited for the year. I think that Butler will take a step up from where it was last year. I think that a likely eighth or ninth place finish, even though it's not going to be where we want the program to be right now, but it's still a step up. And I think that looking at the Big East as a whole, I can see seven teams getting a bid. St. John's definitely made a step up into that group. I think Butler and Georgetown will shoot for the NIT, maybe CBI for Butler, but I'm really hoping NIT since it's at Hinkle this year. I think the Paul and Seton Hall will still be able to not perform that well given NIL and the lack of good recruits. But I think the Big East as a whole compared to other conferences is going to have another strong performance in March Madness. And I would not be surprised if we see two Big East teams in the Final Four. Even though there's a lot of good Big 12 teams and other teams that have really made a solid push in recruiting. And who knows what happens with West Virginia if those teams get some of their top recruits. I still think that the Big East makes a big splash this year. And I'm really looking to Butler, especially Finley. I'm very hyped about Finley. I think he's going to be a superstar. We're closing uh, out the episode right now. What is the one thing Butler fans should be most excited for coming into next year? I think the potential for amazing team chemistry. I think the team is not going to give up after being down 10 straight into the second half. I think they're going to be able to fight better. I think there's going to be different sparks of energy that really makes a team flow better and more competitive. There's not going to be any blowouts. If it's a 5-10 to 10 point loss, but they still fought the whole game, I think Butler fans are going to go home a bit happier than they were last year. 
with the amount of times that they got blown out. And I think that they'll be able to knock off some of those mid four to seven ranked teams in the Big East. Love it, Yuli. Thank you so much for jumping on with us to close out the Butler Bonanza. We hope all the Butler fans enjoyed this episode. Definitely stay tuned for more Butler content along with all the other Big East content we're putting out.